Good morning, everybody, and welcome to a Vision for You special edition. Today's date is November 17, 2019. The share IDs for Friday at 7 a.m. is 13,667, and for the 10 a.m. meeting was 13,669. This morning, um, uh, we're going to have a message of experience, strength, and hope brought to us entitled The The Abundant Promises of All the Steps. Janice PM is a faithful servant of Overeaters Anonymous and a vision for you. And uh, I, for one, am looking forward to uh, to this presentation this morning. So, without a whole lot of further ado, I'm going to go ahead and introduce Janice PM. Janice, good morning. Well, thank you so much, Craig F. Um, I'm delighted to be here, even though I was um, asked very late due to circumstances that happen. Um, I'm as prepared as I can be, being a compulsive overeater, of course, you know, I haven't done it all. But anyway, I'm going to start with the prayer, if I may. Can you hear me okay, Craig, so that I'm coming in clear? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. I I muted. Thanks. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So this is my prayer. Dear God, who's my higher power, please help me to guide or leave others, lead others to you by my example. Please touch my mind with your wisdom that my mouth may always proclaim your praise. Touch my heart with courage and your infinite love for all. Um that's something I just uh, wrote up because I, I mean it. It has to come from a higher power because I'm not that powerful. I just want to preface by saying, you know, I'm not a scholar of the big book, but a continuous student since 1982. I have an abundant life today. You know, I really do with all the calamities that we all have in our life. And I am convinced of these promises of the power of the big book. It's ironic that, you know, to this weekend is the power of the big book. And following that, I ha- we have the promises. What hope there is here that, you know, I have these gifts that recovery has given me. So there, there's, there is something here of, I just want to mention of the, if you do not, uh, let me put my timer on too, pardon me. Um, I'm going to go backwards. The promise of not carrying the message. That's a promise. If I don't carry the message, I'll relapse, which I have in the past. It's simple as that. The precondition of carrying the message. In order to carry the message of recovery to those who still suffer, I have to have recovered myself first. Let me just give you the definition of recovered. Oh, it is. It's very simple. It's a personality change sufficient to overcome compulsive eating. The clear proof of this will be the absence of the mental obsession that I had that kept me giving, that kept giving me permission 
<laughs> in so many different forms to go back to the foods and eating behaviors that caused uncontrollable cravings. And this will come at the very latest after completing step nine. So I know it's not good to start, you know, that way, but, you know, that is the truth that I have experienced. I mean, because I'm not, you know, I didn't come in here in 82 and say, oh, okay, okay, I got it. And as far as these promises, I sat many a day at an open OA meeting and uh, you know, you know the you know the drill. They would do read how it works, and then they would read the promises. And my hand went up. I always wanted to read the promises because I thought they were outstanding. You know, and I wish. And I sat there many a meeting, saying, "Gee, that didn't happen to me. Gee, that didn't happen to me." Well, of course it didn't happen to me because I was still, you know, dabbling in the food. And, but when it happens, when the food goes down and I embark on these steps, and you know, nobody told me, I hear it every once in a while now, oh, this is a promise, oh, this is a promise. I didn't have that experience. So I had to do some, you know, some research, let me tell you. And uh, so, like I said, I'm not a scholar, so you're going to hear some that I didn't say, and uh, that's okay. Um, but this is, this is a beam, you know what a beam is, of hope, you know, they turn out to be, you know, and this leads, led me, and I'm still growing with it, abundant life, my cup runneth over, each of us, you and I will find many more than I am presenting, but each step has a clear message, and that is, if you do this, like this, you'll get this. I mean, what a message that is. Just follow the directions, you know. Some of the promises are directly associated with the completion of a step and practicing them on a daily basis. And some of the promises that I got are inferred from the experiences of the first 100 men and women. And due to limited time, um, I can interject my abundant life experiences, if I do, if I remember, as a result of these promises associated with these 12 steps that I have experienced. Okay, now what's a promise? <laughs> well, to me, a promise is an assurance, assurance that a particular thing will happen. Now, abundant promises are plentiful of promises, bountiful, overflowing. You know, it's, it's just un, unbelievable. You know, uh, there's just my son and I right now. And, you know, there was a lot of challenges with my son and my own challenges with my husband that were, were me. It was all me because I was married for 55 years. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know how he did it. God bless him. Um, but, you know, but today I can tell you the promises have come true. My son is not a liability today. He's an asset. I'm alone. My husband died. He goes shopping for me. He doesn't cause me any trouble. He is so blessed. And this is the first time in my life, well, not just recently, but it's been growing that I have a relationship with my son as a mother and son that I never had before. 
because I have a relationship with God. And then through steps four through nine, I have a relationship with myself. I found out who I was. And so now I, you know, before, you know, years ago, my, my brother in 1982, he was a recovered alcoholic. And he said, Janice, I'm going to give you this big book. Imagine in 1982. And you know what I said? Because he said, all the, all the answers are in this book. So being an Al-Anonic, like I was in an addict, um, I said, good, I'll get all the answers and I'll fix you and I'll fix my son and I'll fix my husband. Well, little did I know that those, that, that book was the best gift, I'm telling you, beside my son in my life. Uh, it, it was a gift. It was given to me. It didn't even cost me anything. I mean, today, you know, the gifts are bountiful. They're going to be, you know, Thanksgiving's coming. Christmas is coming. The best gift I got, and I'm still using it, of course, and gaining from it. Can you imagine all these years? What is it, 31 years? It doesn't matter. But um, and those promises that I love to read, which are, of course, the nine-step promises, and, of course, there's many more, um, you know, uh, still are with me today, and I'm growing. And, you know, I never believed in a promise. I never trusted a promise. You know why? Because I never trusted myself. And they, I would always break the promises to myself. So, you know, but these abundant promises, I assure you, will always come true. That I will be done. All right. Is somebody un, unmuted? Oh, that's all right. Okay, we're going to start. Now, um, I would highly suggest if you choose to, uh, highly suggest if you choose to, that's a double whammy, um, is to open up your big book because I'm going to be referring to the big book and I'm going to be giving you pages. And uh, you may say to yourself, I don't know, because I would because I was always critical, oh, she forgot this one. Oh, there's another one. That's okay. You can do that what you want in the book. But this is just what I had time to, to research, trust me. And uh, so the very first page that is in bold letters of Alcoholics Anonymous, there's the first message of hope. There's the first, the first um, promise. Now, uh, most of you probably do have your big book in front of you. And it's the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. What a message of hope. The story. And these are real stories. They have a beginning, they have what happened, and they have the end. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole story with me of my life because it, I'm too old and you'll, you would be here till, you know, midnight. All right. So it's the word recovered. Well, what does that mean? That means that, no, I'm not cured, you know, but the, the re, it's the result. It's there's only one message, and it's having had a spiritual awakening as the results of these steps. We try to carry this message. What's the message? A personality change sufficient to recover, overcome compulsive overeating. All right. So that is the the, the front page, and I'm working from the twelfth. I'm working from the fourth edition. There's no twelfth. All right. And then I'm going to go to X. I, I, I. If I'm going too fast, please let me know. I'm from Boston. 
I'm recovered from Boston, Massachusetts, and we tend to talk a little fast. And, of course, if you have that XIII, the very first paragraph, the promise is in there. Men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body to show others precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. For them, we hope these pages will prove so convincing. You know, I know that a lot of you know this, you know, and a lot of you, if you're new, you don't know this. Like me, I didn't know it in the beginning. So it might be repetitious for you, but uh, some of us are in different places. It doesn't matter if you're an old-timer or a newcomer. At least if somebody went through this with me, it would, you know, that's all right. I had to do this myself. But anyway. Um, now, if we go to page XXIX, uh, on page XXIX, the very first paragraph, which says, on the other hand, what a promise. On the other hand, and strange as it may be to those who do not understand, once a psychic change, personality change, spiritual awakening, whatever it is, has occurred, the very same person like me, who, who seemed doomed. I always thought I was, I, and as the older I got, the more I said, oh, no, that's all right. I don't have many years to live yet, so I might as well eat and do this behavior and do that. You know, and I had so many problems, but um, I never, I didn't know how to solve them. Suddenly finds myself, once I get through these, these steps, easily able to control his idea. Well, I'm not controlling my desire. Uh, God is helping me. And the only effort necessary is being is to respond, to follow a simple rules. And those rules, of course, are uh, 12, tradition, uh, 12 uh, steps. All right, let's go to Bill's story. Let's go to page 8. And we'll go down, of course, I have all my sponsees, they, they label all the paragraphs. So I'm in the, third, the second paragraph, almost towards the end, there's a promise, a promise now. That's in the future, he's telling his story. I was soon to be catapulted into what I like to call the fourth dimension of existence. I was to know happiness peace, and usefulness in a way of life that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes. And that's so true for me. Uh, happy. I, I was happy if I got a new blouse. I was happy if, uh, you know, my husband did what I want. And, and they were so temporary. I didn't know peace. I was always nervous. I was always, uh, something was wrong. Always not satisfied um, with everything. And I had everything. That, you know, that's really an illness. And usefulness. I thought I was only useful when it invalidated myself by my profession. I didn't, I didn't feel useful to God. I thought I was the greatest, you know. And, but now it's so opposite with these promises. I mean, I can only tell you, uh, you know, I can't convince you. You'll be convinced once you start it and receive these promises. But we have to be open to it. We have to go through these steps, and it will come. Can't buy it. You can just receive it. Can't buy these promises. They're not for sale. 
but they are for sale if you want them. And it doesn't even cost you any money. You just go and you get them. All right, we're on page 11, okay? And it's the third paragraph, (coughs) pardon me, that God had done for him, for me, what he could not do for himself. What a promise that is. How can I say that God will do for me? No, I had to do for me. That was how I was brought up. You have to do for yourself, Janice. Always marry somebody better than you, in case you know. Uh, you know, you don't want to marry somebody lower than you, all those mixed messages. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a life, to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. Now, you may think, oh, she's so dramatic. She's saying this and, you know, but it's true. I'm living now at 77. I have my own home. My husband passed away. I'm with my son. I don't need anything. I have this program. I have these steps. I mean, just before I I was telling Craig that, you know, I had a little medical emergency, but I kept saying, okay, trust God, trust God, because I'm saying, oh, you know, uh, but I started to get into my self-will, the fear, what if? Well, never mind what if, trust, trust. What if this happens? What what, what am I going to do about the meeting? Like, I'm so important, you know? Then I said, okay, if I can't get it, I have to just accept it. But God came through. Okay, so there's promise there in paragraph three. Um, Let's see. Now, going down on the same page, I mean, page 11, paragraph five. Here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. So true. Never thought that I would have the food down. Never thought that I would be happy. Never thought that I would be useful. Never thought that I would be here during my 10 years of, uh, um, God, what's the word I want? My retirement, that I would be doing this and preparing like this. So you see, there is something in this. And, and, and I'm not just saying it. You know, it, I, I can't just say it because it wouldn't come through. But this is the truth. And on page 12, if you go to uh, paragraph four, there's a step two promise there in Bill's story, but he's just telling the story. So it says, four, it was only a matter of willing to believe that I believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. So he's telling his story of what the promise of step two is right there. And then he says in paragraph four, thus was I convinced that God is concerned with us humans when we want him enough. At long last, I saw, I felt, I believed scales of pride and prejudice. Boy, is that step two too. Pride. Oh, I can do it myself. Oh, no, they say to do this. They say to do that. The church says to do this. It fell from my eyes. A new world came into view. Unbelievable. All right. Now, as we go on, I'm going to have you watch for the word will. W-I-L-L. When we see that word in the big book, that means a promise. 
It means the result. That's what's going to happen. And it's only going to happen on, number one, the way this big book is set up is you're going to have, I had a condition, whatever it was. I didn't believe. I didn't, did, I wasn't, didn't have integrity. Whatever the condition is. Then there's a prayer that follows. And then there's the promise. So we'll look through the book that way. The condition, the prayer, and the promise. And then on page 13, we come to paragraph 4, and where it says, common sense would thus become uncommon sense. That's my common sense. Was, my common sense was my will. I mean, that didn't work. That didn't work. It was so new to me. And this is what he says in paragraph 5. Promise, a promise. My friend promised when these things were done. What things? The 12 steps, you know. Would enter, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator. That's one of the best promises there can be. Because without that promise, it grows and grows just like a weed. And it never stops until I die. It's not that I just go here and then it stops. I can do the steps and it stops. No, it keeps on going deeper and deeper. The relationship with my creator, that I would have the elements of a way of living, which answered all my problems. I mean, I could give you so many examples, you know, and it's like, you know, there's so many. I, I don't know what to do first. But anyway... Um, that's that on page 13. Then you go to page 14, and we go to paragraph 2. Now, promises. These were revolutionary and drastic proposals. What was the 12 steps? And believe you me, I did a lot of finagling with the 12 steps, and I got the result, the same thing that I went in with. If I didn't put the food down, you know, I thought, oh, well, you know, and then I won't do this, but I'll do this. I didn't want to do a fourth step because, oh, my goodness, what would you think of me? And I have to live. I can't live without those integrity and, and doing what I was doing. Um, so these were revolutionary and drastic proposals. But, but, so everything changes. The moment I fully accepted them, that doesn't mean you have to like them. You just have to do this, and then you will get this. So I fully accepted them. The effect, the effect was electric. There was a sense of victory, followed by a peace and serenity as I had never known. So true. I always thought peace would be let me get along with my husband. Uh, you know, and I was waiting for him to change so I could have peace and serenity, waiting for my son to, to, to change so I could have peace and serenity. No. There was, there was utter confidence. And what a promise that is. That means you can depend upon that. You can depend upon that promise of peace, of serenity. And you're going to get it from the relationship with the higher power. And now we go to page 15, up at the top. Third line. If he did not work, he would surely drink for us. It would be eat again. And if I ate, I would surely die. I would slowly die in any way. 
So, I mean, you know, now I'm really in the decades. And, you know, if I keep picking up, it's just, there's going to be no end. I don't know. I'm afraid. I don't know what would happen if I picked up. Because I, I believe in the promises, and it says that I will. Will is a promise. I will die. I will die. And then we go down to paragraph one, down the, the last sentence on that paragraph. It is a design for living that works in rough going. The more we get to trust and rely and depend upon this higher power, you'll know, you'll experience that it really works. It really works. And no matter what the problem is, whether I have medical issues or marriage issues or whatever it is, finance, uh, just go to him. It's a sure thing. If you want a sure thing, that's a sure thing. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're giving it to us here. Now, in paragraph two, um, on that same page around the third line, the joy of living we really have, even under pressure and difficulty. I have seen hundreds of families, including myself, set their feet in a path that really goes somewhere. I was ready to divorce my husband when we were married five years. I don't know what he did, but I thought it was ridiculous. I can't go through this, having a baby right away and being married. You know, that was too much for me. I didn't want the responsibility. I have seen hundreds of families set their feet in a path that really goes somewhere, have seen the most impossible domestic situations righted, feuds, bitterness of all sorts wiped out. Did I cause bitterness? Oh, did I ever? And we lasted 55 years. Hmm, it's a long time. I have seen men come out of asylums. Yes, my son did. And resume a vital place in the lives of their families and communities. No, he's not a, an architect, but he's just doing what he can do with his challenges. Business and professional men have regained their standing. I was always paranoid. Geez, what if they know what, ha what I did? I was, uh, you know, look behind me. They know. They know about me. There is scarcely any form of trouble. There is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which has not been overcome among us. So there's, there's the promises of the first 100 people. All right, and then we're going to finish up on page 16 in the Bill's story. And there is, however, on the second paragraph, a vast amount of fun about it all. And if you know you're saying fun, this is torture. No, eating was torture. Living the way that I did was torture. It truly was. Restless, irritable, uh, couldn't sleep, uh, doing all kinds of things that, uh, you know, uh, I got rid of most of my, I had so many inner conflicts. You know, I was always at war with myself. I was full of recklessness when I was eating, full of remorse. Oh, my goodness. When I was sober, when I was not eating, full of remorse. Life didn't make sense to me. I used to always say, gee, we're full of broken promises and frustration and hopes. I mean, that was the way I lived. All right. And then we have the third paragraph on page 16. Most of all, we feel we need no look no further for Utopia. We have it with us right here, right here at the convention, here in this Vision for You meeting. Each day, my 
I don't know, my friend's simple talk in our kitchen, uh, my talk with people like you over the phone, multiplies itself to a widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men. All right, next page, 17, promise, first paragraph. There is a solution. Let's repeat it again. Nearly all have recovered. I mean, doesn't you don't you may want it right away. You may not get it right away. You may have work more work to do, like I had to. You know, I didn't get it right away, but never give up. It says nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. I didn't solve it myself. My higher power solved it through these 12 steps that came out. He did it for me. Because if I could do it, I wouldn't be here on a Sunday morning, you know, at this stage of my game. And then, of course, in the second paragraph, from the bottom of the second paragraph, one, two, three, four lines up, the feeling of having shared in a common peril like you and I that are on this line is one element in this cement that binds us. But, watch that but, that in itself would never have held us together as we now have joined. So, yeah, a lot of us know this, but you know there's a lot of us that are in here that have never gone through this. And that's why we're here, to help the suffering compulsive overeater. And in the solution on page 25, um, it's the first paragraph, one, two, three, four lines. But we saw, we saw, I saw with this, with this group of people in a vision for you, and these people have saw, seen it at the convention, um, that because I did <laughs> when I went to a few of them, but we saw that it really worked in others. How did it happen? And we had come to believe in a hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living. And then it's on the, on the end of the paragraph we have found much of heaven and we have been rocketed to a fourth dimension. dimension of existence of which we had never dreamed of. And they're telling about their recovery. This is, not a, this is not a storybook. This is an experience of recovered people. They wouldn't be saying it. I say it, you say it, somebody else says it. I mean, we couldn't say it if, if, if it didn't happen. <laughs> oh, maybe they can, but I, I mean, it, it wouldn't come over. Because if it doesn't happen to you, <coughs> you can't say it happened to you if it didn't happen. Um, and then the next, and of course we know the next paragraph, the whole paragraph, I'm not going to read it. It's the second paragraph is all promises, the great fact, the central fact, you know, and we have, and he, he, he has a commenced to accomplish those things for us, for us, which we could never do by ourselves. All the promises there. And then we go to page 28. You with me? I hope so. Page 28, the second paragraph. We in our turn sought the same escape with all the desperation of drowning men. What seemed to be first a flimsy read has proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. A new life has been given us, if you prefer, a design for living that really works. This is what's given to us 
a design for living. And who's the designer? Not me. I didn't design it. I wasn't the architect. It was a higher power. It's, it's, it's all through this book. It has to be because, you know, a bunch of drunks and compulsive overeaters could never do this. I couldn't even, I didn't even know how to do my own food. Never mind do the recovery. And then it can't cost 29, first paragraph. This is a beautiful promise. Further on, clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered. How true. This is the only book that showed me how to recover. And then we're just going to go. There's not too many in more about alcoholism, but I don't know why. Maybe I just haven't seen them. I see one on page 30, and that's in the third paragraph where it says, we know, (laughs) this is a promise, we know that no real alcoholic ever recovers control. And dear God knows how I tried, because I thought that was my duty, to be able to control it myself until I learned that I was powerless and I couldn't control. I couldn't, I can't control this disease. Once I pick up that bite, it controls me and I'm off to the races. That's the allergy. And then the obsession says I can, I, oh, I'll do it the next time. All right. Now we're going to go right to, um, right to we agnostics. Now this particular chapter is loaded with promises. And this is a chapter that I said in the beginning, we agnostics, I have a God in my life. I went to parochial school, you know, said the rosary, all those traditions, you know, and lit candles, please God, if you make me, you know, not eat this, then I'll do this. And, you know, bargaining with him. Well, that didn't work. But this, this alone, this chapter alone, I think has most, the most promises. Uh, and, of course, interaction. But anyway, let's go to page 45. Here's a book. Here's the second paragraph on page 45. We agnostics. Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object, objective is to enable us, to let us find a power with a capital P greater than me, which will Solve your problem. There's the promise. Will solve your problem. And I can say problems. It'll solve the problem of the food because you have your obsession. My obsession was taken away. So I don't even need that food. I really don't. Now, have I lost the desire? Well, I've lost the desire. But once in a while it comes up. But you see, it's not an obsession. It doesn't drive me to pick it up. I mean, only God could take away that obsession that I know of, because that's the only thing that happened for me. Maybe if you have another way, you can use it, but I I haven't found another way. So if you have a problem, page 46, paragraph 1, which is the first paragraph, third line, we found, we found, that means that's the experience, that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice, prejudice of my old ideas of my parents, of my grandparents, and express even a willingness to believe in a power. You don't have to understand them. 
You just have to, okay, I'm willing. And if you're not willing, ask to be willing. Greater than ourselves, we commenced. We commenced. We began to get results right away. Even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or understand that power, which is God, it doesn't tell us. You must understand. No, it doesn't. It says just have a willingness to believe that you and me and other people um, have found that promise. Two, much of our relief, we discovered that we did not need to consider another's conception of God, of course, which I did when I was young, couldn't understand it. Uh, we had a bakery, and, uh, you know, they would have no beaners and this and that, and people would come in drunk, and I would go, oh, and they just come from church. You know, it, it didn't make sense to me. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach into, in, in effect, and to effect a contact with him. Now, as soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, etc., and then it says we found that God does not make too hard turns with those who seek him. You know, a lot of us in the program don't want to seek him. We just want to do it our own way because we just don't want to let go. And, you know, I, I hate to admit this, but, you know, I knew that he would fix me. But ideally, deep down, I didn't want him to. Because I really believe that God, I mean, my goodness, if he kept the stars and the moon up, he could do it with me. But I didn't want to. And that's what I came to believe. You know, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all exclusive. Never exclusive or forbidding. To those who earnestly seek, earnestly. See, I wasn't honest. I was the most dishonest person. Open, we believe to all men. Page 47, the first paragraph. Afterward, right down in the middle, afterward, afterward, we found ourselves accepting, not maybe liking, but many things which then seemed entirely out of reach. I learned towards the end of my marriage, maybe the last maybe five years or so, uh, or even more, to say to my husband, you know what, you might be right. Ooh, it was so hard for me to say that. You might be right. And that stopped all arguments. I was always trying to show him how right I was. And he was probably right. Boy, now that he's gone, he said a lot of things that were right. So in paragraph two, there's a promise. As soon as a man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him that he's on his way. It has been repeatedly proven, proven among us, these recovered men and women, that upon a simple cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. That's step two. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful uh, promise. All right. And then we'll go to page 50. Yeah, page 50. Uh, Promise. Step two, paragraph four, that whole paragraph. There are thousands of men and women, worldly indeed. They flatly declare that since they have come to believe in a power greater than themselves, to take a certain attitude, thinking, certain attitude to that power, and do certain simple things. But I was so, I was so debatable. I was so defiant that, oh, no, my way, I know. 
there have been a revolutionary change in the way of the living and thinking. The way I think is the way I live. The thinking is my mind, that's the will, and my behaviors is the way I live. Completely opposite <laughs> of what I used to think. I remember in college, one woman, I said, said something to the professor, and she says, Janice, you know, you have such a closed mind. Open up your mind. I didn't even know what that meant. I was like 18. I didn't even know what that meant until I came into the program in the face of collapse and despair, in the face of total failure of their human resources. There it is. My way. My way should be right. My way is the right way. They found that a new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. This is their experience. That's my experience. I never knew. I never felt that. But I certainly do feel it, and it's not the end. It keeps growing and growing and growing. Trust me. How much more time have I got? Okay. Um, let's go to uh, page 53. Never going to get through this. Uh, another promise. Uh, the outlines and the promise of the new land had brought luster to tired eyes and fresh courage to flagging spirits. All these promises, step two, on page 55, we finally saw on paragraph three, that whole paragraph. He was talking about, he was, the great reality was always there. I just had to seek him. That faith in some kind of a God, I don't care, that word is just God, but it, you know, it stands for a lot of things, good orderly direction, blah, blah, blah. I don't care, what, who, some power that's not you. And that's not me. And boy, can I tell when it's me because I start to get afraid. Oh, what if, what if this happens? What if, oh, I said, that's Janice. Now we have to turn it around and trust. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. And honest to God, it just comes. It just really comes. And then uh, we have the third paragraph, the fourth paragraph. Uh, If our testimony that means they've given credence to what they experience. Help sweep away any prejudice. And I'll put in their pride. Pride is me. It's all about me. I either have low self-esteem or high self-esteem. Enables you to think honestly, encourages you to search diligently within yourself. Doesn't say to go to this book or do this plan of, of, of eating or go to that sponsor, go to the best meeting. No, it's to God. Then you're on the broad highway. And with this thinking, you will not fail. There's the promise. Will not fail. I, it says cannot, but I put fail. You know, the consciousness of your boy is sure to come to you. All right, let's go to page 57. Oh, in the very top, God has restored his sanity. The one that he we were talking about here, uh, I think there was a preacher's son. To even so, has God restored us all to our right minds? My, it, it would take me a week to write down all my thinking thoughts and how they're so different today. I mean, we just don't have time. Uh, <clears throat> but He has come to all who have honestly 
And, you know, I thought I could fool God. I said, God, you know, you know, I was bargaining with him. You know that I can't give this up. You know, it's not only the food. It could be a behavior. It could be a a condition. It could be a, a situation. I can't give it up because what am I going to do? You know, what will I do? So I'm going to hold on to it, okay? He said, go ahead. He's a gentleman, right? All right. But so when I became honest with him and trusted him, then everything came true. And when we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us, which means that's a promise, especially if I am honest. I didn't even know I was dishonest, um, especially being a people pleaser. And here's a, a great one, of course. On page 58, uh, the first one, how it works, really have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly, thoroughly followed our path. How do you like that? It's very simple. It's so simple. I'm so I'm a confused person, and I have to make it difficult. Uh, yeah. And of course, the biggest one is on page sixty, and I'll read it. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message. We we, we can just try and, and, and tell them what we did. We don't give recovery to anybody, and nobody can give recovery to me. But what they say and their experience really helps me. So we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters, alcoholics, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Practice. That's what the principles are. There's a third part of this beautiful step. I have to practice it at home, at work. I don't work. But when I did, I had a hard time coming from my own business to the outside world. No, I thought I was going to control Neiman Marcus. Um, no, you don't do that. And it's really changed. I don't need to do that. And of course, down in paragraph two, I have to be convinced that I was an, I was a compulsive overeater and I couldn't even manage anything by myself. You know, I thought I was doing good until I found out I wasn't. That probably no human power, one and two, could have relieved us from our alcohol, from our compulsive overeating. And then who would? God would and, and could if he was sought. Let's go to page 68, 62. And this is a beautiful promise, paragraph two, page 62. Above everything. We alcoholics must be in compulsive overeaters, must be rid of this selfishness. That was a ter- I never thought I was selfish. I always give you my shirt off my back. But that's not what it means. You know, selfishness. Give up something for somebody else. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Go out of your way without any interior motive, ulterior motive involved. We must. Or it kills us. No, God makes that possible. So we don't even have to worry if we trust. And he does. He makes you so aware. He made me so aware of what I was doing. And then the last, on that same page, the last three sentences, most good ideas are simple. And this concept was the keystone. The keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. 
It's thy will be done. Thy will be done. Uh, and of course, again, when we sincerely, uh, page 63, paragraph one, there are so many paragraph one, the whole paragraph. If you want to mark it and read it in another time, there's so many promises in that whole paragraph. And then in paragraph three, this was only a beginning. Though if honestly and humbly made in effect, sometimes a very good one was felt at once. And I did get that feeling when I did step three. We went, my sponsor and I, she took me at the steps of a church. And honest to goodness, I, I had a feeling, I, 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 I felt like I could go out, outside in the world and get hit by a car and I'd be gone to paradise. That's, that's how I really felt. That's how it, it, it did me. Oh, my goodness. Now we're going to go uh, number three. That's the promise. Page, it, um, page 64, paragraph three. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. We may, maybe put the food down and that's physical, but that's not going to last because the mental part will come in. And if we didn't do the steps, we're not going to get, get better with this illness because we have a spiritual malady. All right, let's go to page 67 and just realize in the first paragraph, the promise, we cannot be helpful to people, but at least God will, will, there's the promises, will show us how to take kindly and tolerant views of each and every one. So he's he's the employer. We don't have to do it. Don't think we can do, do give all to all people. And then on 68, uh, paragraph 2, just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us, he would have us, and humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity and serenity? How true. These are promises that have come true for me. I went through my husband's death. I went through my 54 years of my son. You know, and, and, and it's all different. And I'm still very, very uh, abundant. Promises have come true to give me the abundant life. I mean, that's how it is. And now here we, we've got a problem, a situation. And, and paragraph three, we've got a, we have fear. It's a situation. So what do we do? We pray. We pray. We ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have me be. At once, this is the promise. We commence to outgrow fear. Doesn't say he took it away forever. All right. And then we go to sex, 69. In meditation, at the bottom, paragraph three, we ask God, there's so many prayers in here, that what we should do about each specific matter, the right answer will come if we want it. And I prayed for situations here and, you know, to stop this or don't let me do this, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I don't know if I really meant it. And then when I meant it, I asked him and it was taken away. <laughs> and I helped. And the, and the uh, thing is to the urge comes, you know, you, you help somebody else. And if we're sorry on page 70, if we're sorry, oh, yeah, I was sorry, but we're still going to do it. 
If we are sorry for what we've done, there's the promises in paragraph one, for what we've done and hope that the honest desire to let God, really let God take us to better things. See, we have to trust. How do I? I'm almost saying like, you know, I don't trust you, God. You don't know how to get me to better things. I know. I know what I want. I know what I need. And today I thank God he didn't give them to me. I really, really do. And have the honest desire to let God take us to better things. We believe we will be forgiven and have learned our lesson. Oh, how true. And then in paragraph three on sex, we have begun to comprehend their futility. I never thought I was wrong. And their fatality. Oh, my goodness. We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness causing bitterness. We have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even our enemies, for we look at them as sick people. God, I never thought of that. And that the last page, 71, we hope you are convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you from him, whether it's resentments, whether it's fear, whether it's sex and relationships, whether it's harm. This is the promise of the whole book. All right. Um, let me see. God, you people must be so tired of listening. Um, well, you know, interaction, there are some more. Um, I do want to leave some time for questions. Let me go 10 more minutes. Uh, let's see. At 73, step five. Paragraph two, it says, it, the paragraph says, we park it our pride. Once we have taken this step, which is step five, withholding nothing, we are delighted. Oh, was I delighted. Because the first time, second time, third time I did it, I held on. Because I just couldn't let it go. You know, but when I did it and I let go and I trusted and I, in my whole life story, fears were falling from us. We began to feel the nearness of our creator. We have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. The feeling that the food problem, whatever problem it is, has disappeared will often come strong but we feel that we're on the broad highway, walking hand in hand. Now, that's my companion. Huh? Never lets me go. Never breaks his promise to me. Never. I may not have liked what he said, but I found afterwards that that was the best thing that could have happened. And, of course, they were going to be free at last. I'm paragraph three, uh, carefully reading the first five proposals. I mean, we have to do this. I didn't do this in the first three one. I just said, no, you don't have to do that. We shall walk a free man in one world. All right. Let's just go to let's just go to another promise. Um, you know, this is step eight and nine. And there's just a little preface. It was hard for me to get step eight promise, but I believe that the top of the page, they're preparing me um, and you to go to make amends. So in step eight, we have to think and ask God if to give me, you know, the manner, if my manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the result 
which is the promise. So that's what I have to go in. Please, God, give me, you know, let me be frank. Let me be open. Let me be kind. And then nine cases out of ten, which is, of course, step nine, unexpected happenings. Sometimes a man we are calling apart amidst his own fault. Yeah. So feuds of years standing melt away. I've done it and people have died, but I still had the willingness to do it. And when I called, you know, she had already died, but I still had, you know, the piece of paper and I went to the grave. So there's a lot of things about step nine. And of course, I'm going to run right over to 83. And of course, this is the only blind, this is the blinded, well, they were blinded for me because I didn't know there were any other ones. The famous ones on 83 at the bottom, paragraph four, the famous promises that are included after step nine. And I'm not going to go through them all, but I'm going to tell you something. Every single one of them have come through for me. Now, that come, that, that's if I keep working this program every day, working these steps and going through it, especially the next step, which is step 10. Because if I don't do that, then I'm still running my life my own way. And I'm not proud. Uh, you know, and I'm too proud to do that. So the step 10 promises, oh, I love them. Page 84, 85 at the bottom. We have ceased fighting. Boy, was I a fighter. Just so that I could get my way. That's all. It's my self-righteousness, my self-justification. So that goes over to 85, the whole paragraph. And, of course, if we have carefully, paragraph 2, 85, we have carefully followed directions. We have begun to sense the flow of the spirit. And I can't tell you when it happened, how it happened, but it happened. And I continue to have that spirit flow into me. So I, to some extent, I keep growing in God's consciousness with this sixth sense. Now, 85, uh, promise of step 11, it works. It works if we have a proper attitude, the promise at the top of the page. Um, and we can, and then on the same page, 86, paragraph 2, under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. For after all, God gave us a brain to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. Pray, pray, pray. And we are often surprised at the bottom of the page, paragraph three, how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. You know, I used to think, oh, yeah, I know what to do. God told me to do that. Hmm. That's still my self-will. It wasn't God's will. You know, I had to have some one of you people tell me, Janice, that's still, it's got to gradually become. And just, you know, accept that. Uh, And then, Nevertheless, on the top of page 87, we find that our thinking will, see the will, there's a promise, as time passes and more on the plane of inspiration. You can count on it. You can rely on it. Boy, I used to say, geez, and I used to think that way. All right, and I am going to, oh, I can't even, I, I really want to stop. I didn't do working with others. I want to continue on page 88. The prayer, 
Thy will be done. We are then in much less danger or excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, and foolish decisions. We don't tire. I was always tired, so I ate. I used to think, well, I'm tired. i got to eat. I mean, talk about that, folks. Well, you know, on page 89 through, if anybody wants any questions, um, I'll be glad to answer them. Uh, I just want to let you know that... Um, I have promises on the, quote, last, last chapters, and that's to the wise and the afterward, but that's not the steps. And then at the end of the meeting, you know, when he takes my telephone number, if anybody wants to call me, maybe not today, um, you know, during the week, I'll be glad to even have, you know, a meeting with you to just go over them. And with that, you know, Craig, I'm going to pass. Okay. Uh... Janice, are you through? I yeah, I passed. Yes. Oh, okay. I I was on mute and didn't hear that. All right. That's all okay. Right. Well, now okay. we're gonna. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we're, we're gonna go into the question and answer uh, segment. So uh, let's take some names. People that have questions for Janice. Oh. Paula N. Paula. Wendy B. Lisa B. Stacy K. Stacy K. Roxanne B. Roxanne B. Anybody else? One more. Sherry S. Sherry S. All right. Well, let's go with that lineup. Uh, Paula N. What's your question? Hi, um, Janice, for incredible talk. Um, I learned a lot today. Uh, and I just was curious, what did you mean when you said that your sponsor took you to the steps of the church? Oh, <laughs> we were, that's a good question. Did I say it took me to the steps? Oh, yeah, literally. Uh, we were doing, uh, I was in step five. Oh, was I in step three? Step three. Uh, no, step five. I'm sorry. I can't see it was so. She um, she took me hand in hand to literally the the church building, and there were steps in front of the building, and we knelt on those steps, <laughs> and we held hand. And I think we said that uh, third step prayer or the fifth step. I forget what it was. I think it was the third step. No, it couldn't have been. If I was delighted. It was usually the fifth step. Whatever step it was. Yeah, that's what I meant. It's the word steps. That I think got you a little confused. Okay, thank you. Semantics, yeah. Good. Thank you, Paula. Yeah, thanks, Paula. Uh, Wendy B., your question. Yeah, hi. This is Wendy B. in Arizona. And um, thank you so much, Janice, for your, for your talk. You're a gifted teacher. And so we're told to live this out in all our affairs. And you mentioned frequently about your relationship with your husband and your son. And so I was wondering if you could expound on working the steps in your, on your relationships after you've, you have freedom from the food. Why, sure. Sure. Thank you, Wendy B., for the, um, for the question. That was a gradual process. When I had the spiritual awakening, okay, I don't know when, I don't know when it was, but my heart started opening up. 
first my mind was clear. And when I went through, like, you know, the first three steps, the relationship with God, and I did steps four through seven, I could see what I was responsible for, and it wasn't my husband. I mean, he had thoughts. He had his own ideas. I, see, I was so selfish that, you know, he happened to be a doctor. So right away, poor me, poor me. I was full of self-pity, um, you know, and I, I, I got married, and, not, and 13 months later, I had a baby. So it was his fault. <laughs> I blamed him. And the poor guy would come home from the office, and I said, oh, are you home? You know, like that. And he said, well, you know, I live here. I live here. And then I would say, those things I said, I mean, they were just because I was so resentful that I had to go through all these responsibilities, you know. And then with my, I mean, and that was just one example. So I started changing, you know. My attitude started changing towards him. And I always thought, I always criticized him. I always judged him. You should be doing this. Other, other husbands do this and you don't do that. I mean, the poor guy was, you know, with people's mouths every day. Um, but it was just all about me. So I started changing my attitude towards him. And then my behaviors changed. Now, my goodness, <laughs> you know, and then my son, of course, oh boy, my son, uh, you know, he, it, he was the problem. Right? He was my problem. He was born colicky. He went into drugs and alcohol. Poor me, poor me, trying to fix him, you know, at the best of hospitals and blah, blah, blah. And I went to Al Anon and it just changed. I had to had do a lot of work with him because I had to realize he was alcoholic. He was drug addict. He was, um, he had a disease. Like, I have a disease, and I would have high expectations of him. I would know his disease, and, I, and then he not only had that, he had a dual diagnosis. Another uh, uh, challenge with dual diagnosis. So, you know, we just couldn't understand him. And, you know, you can't understand illness, but then I had to learn about the disease. Now I'm completely opposite today. Am I still at high expectations of him? Yes, but I watch it. I, I could say, oh, that's all right. I, I made him a neurotic, you know, with my thinking. And uh, it's no wonder that, uh, you know, my husband uh, constantly went downstairs to where was supposed to come home, eat supper, go downstairs, watch TV, read the paper, go to bed, get up tomorrow. And because nobody wanted to be around me in the house. I mean, I was neurotic. And, of course, having a, you know, a son, but he's completely opposite when I started to open up with what my faults were and give it to God. I never did that. But then I said, yep, that's the only way I can, he can get better. And my son, he doesn't drink today after 20, 25 years. I forget what it is. I don't, uh, he can go to AA, NA, whatever he wants to go to. I don't keep on him. I don't, that's been taken away from me because God's got him. I put him and my husband in God's hand. And what a relief. I hope that helps you. Does that help? Wendy. All right. Thanks, Janice. Um, Next we have have Lisa B. Lisa, you got a question? 
Mr. B. We lose everybody. Well, we're waiting for just a second. Yeah, can you hear, can you hear me uh, now? Yeah. I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I, I, I muted myself. I apologize. Um, twice. I muted myself twice. But thank you so much. Um, so my question is, does a sponsor take you through all the things that you did today? As far as... <laughs> Well, I was going to say, don't make it a, a hard question, Lisa B., but uh, what a, that's a beautiful question because that did not happen to me. And when Leah so lovely asked me about a week ago because somebody, you know, had to reschedule, ooh, I thought of the power of, your convention, of our convention, even though I'm not there, and they said the power of the convention, the power is there, but the promises will follow. And then she gave me the word. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. The word abundant. And that set me off to say, okay, I'll do it. Because I do have an abundant life. But the question, did my sponsors? No. Nope. And I had one sponsor. Well, you know where I learned some of the promises from the vision for you? When somebody, you know, would, would, would say, and hey, look, at this is a promise. And I'd write it in the book. I'd put some kind of a mark. But I did a lot, a lot of work researching this. No sponsor told me this. But now, you know, I've told some, some people, uh, look at this now. This is, a, this is a promise because I've done the work. And a lot of you people know all these promises and know more. I didn't even do working with others because, you know, if you're talking, God, it must be boring to sit there and listen. But anyway, um, you know, if somebody ever wants to go over that chapter, you can call me up. I'd be glad to. They'll make a nice call for you, um, if you if you so think. No, no sponsor went through that for me. Uh, you know, maybe they did. Uh, maybe they they went through. You know, like we went through all the nine step promises, the ten step promises, because I did it in in in, in the meeting, vision for you, um, and especially there were there were personalities that loved the tenth step, which I got to love the tenth step also. Um, but the others, no. But you can. Now you can, probably. Okay? Thank you. Right. Thank you, Lisa, for the question. Um, I'm going to give the share ID for today's meeting uh, right now, just so in case people need it. It was 13675 Okay, uh, Stacey K., you have a question. Good morning, Craig. Thanks for your service. Good morning. I'm um, Stacey Kay, um, compulsive eater in Colorado. Hi, Janice. I love you. This is awesome. Hi, Stacey. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was thinking you had mentioned about, you know, the promises coming true. And, of course, if if we rest on our laurels, uh, we don't, you know, we, we can start to lose these promises, right? Mm-hmm. And I was wondering about how um, when you sponsor as, people go through the steps um you know these especially it says it about the nine steps i i think it's about all the promises that sometimes quickly sometimes slowly right just because i did step you know nine doesn't mean i'm going to get everything right then you know and so Mm -hmm. or the same thing is true i think of you know third step but anyway that's just my opinion um and my experience but 
what do you do if somebody gets through the steps you've gone over working with others and they're ready to sponsor and they're still struggling they don't think they're ready because all the promises aren't coming true and you know my again my experience has been you gotta get going working with others and then you know this comes you know slowly um you gotta do all the steps um but i was wondering what you do if somebody's like say in early sobriety like six months or a year and they're still struggling, but they're, you know, they're following all the directions. Is that, a, oh. is that question clear? <laughs> yeah. It does it mean that the, the promises have to come true before you start sponsoring. Uh, what do you tell the, the, the uh, is that basically what it is? Or do I go through the, all the, when I go through the steps, do I tell them the promises? I don't know. Uh, no, it just means, it means before you start working with others, do you, you know, do you have, do all these have, do you have to have a neutrality? Do you, you know, do you have to have all these promises coming true before you start working with, working with others? Uh, oh, no. So this is a lifetime thing, you know. I mean, it, it, no, no. When I tell you, <laughs> when I tell you, I did, did, I'm, I did it backwards because, I was aware of these promises, you know, as I went through the meetings, but they didn't all come true at once. In fact, I, I couldn't even tell my sponsors because I just did this research myself. What, about two weeks ago? Not even two weeks ago. Um, you know, I knew maybe, you know, through some meeting that somebody said I put a P, which is a promise, and uh, I could help them. But no, this... This is a lifetime. I didn't go through six and seven. This is a lifetime. Uh, we're not going to get all this. We're going to go when God's going to give it to us. But if you go through the steps, the only requirement to the sponsor is to give him your experience and have God give them the spiritual awakening. He's going to give to me and you whatever promises there are in the big book from each step, maybe not at the time of the step, because Bill, in his story, he, he, he didn't get step three right away. These, those aren't even the promises. You've got to go through step three. And then they, these aren't, like, after you do step three, you're going to get all those promises. No. They're promises. That means it doesn't have to come right away, because, you know, I'm a compulsive overeater, and I want it instant. It's in God's time. But to sponsor Oh, no, all you have to make sure is that you are recovered. And you do the best you can. That's the, and then, you know, of course, um, you know, the steps, step 10 has, I mean, I can share with somebody early in my recovery that that did happen. And step, a lot of step nines uh, did, uh, the step nine promises happened. But it may not, because cause we're not in charge. I'm not in charge of anybody getting these promises when. So I think it's a time thing, but it doesn't have anything to do with you sponsoring. I don't know if that, you know, they're going to come true when they come true. As long as you don't pick up the food and you go through the 12 steps and have that spiritual awakening. Does that make sense to you, my dear Stacy? <clears throat> Absolutely. I guess okay. maybe I was thinking mostly of the 10th, that promises and, you know, if people aren't experiencing neutrality after, you know, six months working with others or something. Um, well, if they're still know. getting obsession, 
if they still have an obsession with food, I may have to ask about that and what they're doing, whether, you know, you know, is everything down or the substances? I mean, are you sure you're not eating something that you think is clean and it's not clean? Usually, you know, after the night, the obsession has, has been taken away. Is that is that clear? But I don't know. Yeah, they shouldn't be struggling with that. I mean, I don't know, but I know I wasn't. The spiritual awakening will relieve that. You'll be recovered. Personality change from mind and body. Okay. Back to you. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Stacy, for the question and. For the answer. Uh, next up, we have Roxanne B. Roxanne? Star one. Hi, this is Russ Ann B. in Detroit. Thank you, Janice and Craig, for being there this morning, and hello to all my fellows at the convention. Um, Janice, you mentioned being dishonest if you are people-pleasing. And and people pleasing and codependency is um, like a new layer of recovery that I'm working on, and I was just wondering if you could talk about that a little bit more. Why, sure. Um, my dishonor. See, I, I had a hard time with understanding that myself. I was a great people pleaser, all because I wanted you to like me. But sometimes when I pleased you, it wasn't honest because I had different motives for pleasing you. And then because I was dishonest, I became resentful. I do for you, like say it was my husband, I'm doing all this for you and you won't do this for me. All right? Well, who's at fault there? It was me. It was my dishonesty in the first place. I mean, if, if, you know, um, I don't know if I can explain it. People-pleasing is a dishonest, and the reason why it is, because if I'm trying to please you just to get on the better side of you, or to feel needed, and then I get resentful over it, wow, haha. Uh-huh. Resentment is the number one killer, and then it's offender. And then what happens after that? I'll eat over it. That's what happened to me. Oh, then, you know, I would expect, geez, I was helping you and pleasing you and doing what you wanted, and then my self-pity came in. Geez, I do that for you, and you don't do that for me, and look at how good I am. I'm a martyr, you know, that sort of thing. So people-pleasing is something I have to really look into. And I use that to be powerful. And the first step is, be honest. So God will, because God knows I was dishonest. He knew why I, why I did it. I wanted to be the best. Uh, so I'll please you. I want to, you know, wear, wear the best clothes, spend all kinds of money on it to please you. And then when nobody complimented me on it, ah, I'd be angry and resentful. And then I wouldn't wear the item. I mean, I, I did it for, 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 for the, the outside world. And it wasn't pleasing. I just did it for my own ulterior motives. So you could say, oh, gee, doesn't she a nice dresser? 
And then nobody said I was they like that particular piece of clothing. And I said, oh, that means nobody likes it. And I paid all this money for it, blah, blah. That was my, my sick thinking. Can you understand where that dishonesty comes from now? How is people pleasing? That's dishonest. Yes, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, just a quick follow-up question. Sometimes I think I get into people pleasing without being aware that that's what I'm doing. That what I, I think what I'm doing is I'm being kind or I'm being generous or I'm being of service. Do you have um, anything to say about like um, how to just be, how to know when it's coming up, how to feel on yeah. the inside or prayer so that you can differentiate being of service, being kind, being helpful from people pleasing? I understand that readily because, you know, you would think that, gee, you were being kind and you were being generous, but if it came to you with that uh-oh feeling that, gee, I did this, you got to examine your motives. You didn't get any feedback from them, something that you expected. Oh, gee, I did this, you know, and they didn't even say, wasn't that nice? Oh, I bought you this gift, and uh, you didn't give me anything. You see? Those were bad motives. So if you did something, but you really mm, did it, and, and that will come to you. You'll be aware of that. Because if, where, have you gone through the steps? Yep. Okay. Yep. You may want to look at, you know, your step four again mm-hmm. and see why you did certain things, and then you can see how it uh, you have to be aware of it first and examine your motives. Mm-hmm. What were you expecting from that particular behavior? Were you expecting something back and then you didn't get it? Well, yeah. I, really, I really liked what you said about, um, oh, I, I don't remember your exact words, but something about notice how you're feeling inside. That's you right. know, like if, if my motives are wrong and right. I'm not connected to God and what I'm doing, but instead it's my ego and my need to control, then I'm going to feel off. And I usually feel it kind of in my gut. So yeah, that's, that's, a great, that's a great suggestion to check in with how um, I'm feeling physically yeah. um, to know if I'm on track or not. Thank you so and, much. I really appreciate it. And as you grow spiritually – God's going to give you that awareness mm-hmm. because it just comes. <laughs> right. It just comes because we right. can't make it come. You know, and you pray, you say, am I doing, you know, the right thing? God, yeah. help, help me to be helpful. Help me to, to work towards your ideal. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks. All right. We've got the time for Sherry. One more question. Sherry, yes? You're up. Thank you, Deb. Thank you, Janice. Oh, my gosh, it was so good to hear you um, reviewing the promises and, and um, how you experienced them. Um, I am in the process of being recovered. Um, and my, um, I'm starting to feel the change, the change that I have heard about, that shift, that change, um, has a lot to do with me putting down all my alcoholic foods um, and just, you know, and, and starting to feel that spiritual change. Um, the promises, and I know that that is a lifelong um, 
situation. Uh, it's not like you, you know, get them all at once and then you're all set. The presents don't come from God just at one time. They just come throughout our life, I believe. And um, my question to you is, um, I could relate a lot. Um, my son, who's 18, he just just six months ago got us out of a psychiatric hospital. He is dual diagnosed as well. Um, pretty much been eating for the last year. Um, today I'm abstinent, like I said, going through the steps. But now it's like, how do you, what's your experience in the promises? I always thought, no, not I always thought, I always have a hard time with, okay, um, things are going good. John's doing really good. He's finishing out his senior year. He's doing great. And the promises are coming true. Um, I'm putting the food down. Okay, the promises are coming true. And then a little mishap happens because I'm Alanonic and I go to Alanon. So some mishap happens. How do how do you continue your faith in God with the promises, even when life isn't going your way? That's my question. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, what step are you on now? I am on step two. Okay, there it is. That's what you're going to do is step two. Trust, 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 trust. Because Mm. I'll tell you why. Um, You're afraid. That's your will. You're afraid. Oh, he's going to do this. He's going to do that. And naturally, it's it's fear because it's your will. You're frustrated. Mm. You're egotistical. This might happen. You're anxious and, and a little resentful. And but when we trust, that's the opposite of fear. Is trust. Try really using step two and step three. And the more you do it, and then you get a result from any little situation or whatever, you'll go, Oh, see? Gee, I do trust. Mm-hmm. Because the more you trust, the more you will trust. And you know, I just want to um end up too is um, that's all I can tell you is because God is going to do it for him like he's doing it for you did you did somebody help you put the food down did somebody what help you put the food down no no God God and you okay and he's going to do the same for your son and it may yeah. take a long time, it may take quickly, it may be slowly. But we, he knows, just trust that your higher power knows when he is ready for it. Not you. Mm. You're ready tomorrow, today, to have it all mm. straightened out. Because that's how it is. It's a, it's a hard thing to live with. And I've lived with, mm. with what, since he was 16 and he's 54 now. But it's so much different and so much better. Now, I, I do want to just give you a prescription. My, I told you my husband was a doctor. He was a surgeon, a dental surgeon, and I still have his um, script pad, you know, to, uh, you know, for scrap paper for the other side. But I mm. have it always in front of me, like Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob, he had three promises for all of us. Trust God. Clean house, that's going to be four through seven, and help mm. others. Those six mm. words I have it on mm. a script. 
That's what Dr. Bob gave us. Three beautiful promises. And I can cross off my husband's name and put Dr. Bob. And that's what I can give you. At the end. Thank you, Janice. Thank you my so pleasure. much. Just call me anytime. We have I will. Time. All right. Great. Great. Okay. We're going to give Janice's we're going to get Janice's uh, phone number after the recording stops, and uh, so you might want to have your pen and paper ready if you need to contact her. Uh, thank you, Janice, for that wonderful presentation. I really, really appreciated it, and I've got a lot of new green highlights in my book today. And thanks for everybody that asked a question. I'm going to read to you from page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.